Hey, y'all, it's Mandy. Before we talk about this week's episode, I want to say shout out to the patrons. Y'all are the reason I'm still doing this. I could do it alone, but it's so much better to run with people who share your vision, share your values, and see the importance of the work you're doing. So if you're interested in all the premium content, hearing about the questions and answers, or even being a part of our live patron chats, check out my Patreon. It's under at Mandy Capehart, or you can search for Restorative Grief with Mandy Capehart and find it that way. Welcome back to Restorative Grief with Mandy Capehart. You are listening to episode 68, titled Shaking Off the Dust. During the month of January, I shared a brief daily reset email series with my subscribers called The 31 Days of Clean. And while each day included a small cleanliness task to complete around the house, such as decluttering, window cleaning, or even attending to our houseplants, they also invited us to consider these five to 10 minute activities as an invitation into contemplation and action. In doing so, we are clearing internally in our homes and our bodies for a fresh start where we can dust away the cobwebs, clear out old thoughts holding us back, and release the settled discomfort we've accepted as our fate. I recently learned how many of you are listening to this podcast while you are working out, and I love this for so many reasons, but primarily because your body is just as involved as every other part of you in the grief process. And when you're working out, there are a lot of different things happening in your body that allow you to become available. By moving around, your body is made available to new experiences, and being physically active brings alignment into your body in a way that we just can't experience otherwise. If you've never worked directly with me or participated in the Restorative Grief Project, you may not know that much of the work we do around grief work is chasing alignment in our minds, hearts, bodies, and spirits through core value work and connection to our stories. In this way, we can begin to integrate the experience of our grief into our present self and daily life. And the body is often the easiest to dismiss. But one of the most powerful ways we can learn to integrate our experience of grief is through working through the concept of embodiment. Embodiment is just a fancy word to say that learning how to become present and experience our body with compassion, no matter the way it's carrying us through our lives. I don't really love the metaphor people often use as the body as a vehicle, uh, because I believe it gives us a very minimalist perspective toward our physical selves. It's kind of dismissive. Sometimes this is where you'll hear that food is fuel or any relationship to food is not necessarily good. Sometimes people will minimize the importance of our bodies by saying that it's the least interesting thing about us, which may or may not be true. We are not defined by the shape of or capability of our bodies, which is crucial to remember, but we are also not living fully present in our bodies when we perceive our physical selves as simply a means to an end, as a vessel to contain our spiritual selves. Our bodies are necessary, and they are so much more than just a way for our mind and our thoughts and emotions to exist. Embodiment work in grief support allows us to acknowledge where our body is communicating with us and what we've overlooked. If our ultimate goal is to become present with all the truth of our reality, which it might be, it might not, that's okay. Wherever we stand with that, it includes engaging our bodies in a way that we may not have before. 
it's easy to overlook the holistic importance of them, especially at this time of year where we're hyper-focused on mental and emotional impacts of grief and only the size of our physical self. Plenty of us engage our bodies from the physical health perspective, right? Ensuring that we eat well, that we move consistently, and that we give ourselves the rest needed to recover before the next big event. But some of our bodies aren't necessarily feeling safe to occupy, whether we carry trauma or chronic illness. And some of our bodies aren't a piece of ourselves we've ever been allowed or encouraged to engage or explore, dismissing our bodies as bad or wrong in some way. No matter where you fall in relationship to your body, I want to invite you into a new way of considering it. More than a vehicle, more than a bag of bones to be overlooked, more than the current space that your soul occupies before running to an afterlife, your body has been with you since the moment you came into existence, since your first breath, and it will be with you until the last. Your body is a metaphorical library telling the story of everything you have experienced through aches and pains, and even through growth spurts that literally leave their mark on your body. Our bodies hold on to so much for us that even as we learn to revisit our old wounds, we would be naive to leave our body out of the intentional experience of growth. No system in your body works alone, gets injured alone, or heals alone. We might act on behalf of our muscles, but let the immune system only receive side effects. Maybe we run, but we never stretch. Or maybe we eat healthy foods, but we also absorb chemicals through our skincare products. Maybe we read books that are helpful, but listen to people that are toxic when they talk about our character. See, we are whole people. And yes, we can break that down into the parts to care for them, but we have to engage our whole selves and include the body as a way that also accepts our whole parts, because otherwise we are simply dismissing a very crucial and integral piece of who we are. We must be willing to read. We must be willing to read every book in our own library as we pursue restoration. I realize that's a lot of context, but I think the body is so important and we can't talk about it and the way we can care for ourselves differently enough. So this week, I want you to consider loving your body really well by shaking off the dust. This doesn't mean you're going to start this big, intense workout uh, program because that's not what I want for you, (laughs) unless that's what you want for you, but either way. It doesn't matter if you've been working out consistently for 30 years or if you have mobility issues and can't do a lot of physical activities. You can participate in many activities that invite embodiment safely and intentionally. But as I mentioned before, maybe you're disconnected from your body because you are not or previously were not physically safe in your body. And so if that describes your experience, please be sure to check the show notes for a few resources to incredible counselors and therapists who can support you through some somatic body work and uh, therapeutic support. So if you are ready to clear out some metaphorical cobwebs, you don't need to stop what you're doing right now in order to gain another tool here. Like I said, for the last month, I sent out a weekly email with the cleaning challenge for each day in the new year uh, in January. And yes, we had the tasks to complete that were accessible and about five to 10 minutes long. They each brought physical cleanliness into our homes, but I definitely tricked everyone into thinking all we were doing was cleaning. (laughs) 
Obviously, I was honest in the email and they could read everything I wanted them to experience. But the point is that the way we engage the atmosphere around us is similar to the way we engage our internal atmosphere as well. If we're dismissive or ignoring the needs communicated by our home, our vehicles, our family, then it's likely that we're doing the same thing to our own bodies as well. So embodiment practices are huge in their range. They can include meditation, movement, chakra work, attachment theory, polyvagal engagement, acupuncture, EMDR, bilateral stimulation, and we could go on. But since this is a podcast and you're probably listening to it while driving or maybe on a treadmill, I want to offer a simple movement meditation challenge for the month of February. Between today and the end of this month, there are 31 days ahead of you. In fact, no matter when you listen to this, there will be 31 days ahead of you. So my challenge is this. Let's build a silent walking practice together. So starting today, set a timer and walk for one minute without music, podcasts, or other intentional thoughts to occupy your mind. This is not a time to go out and figure out that problem you've just been dying to solve. It's okay if your brain slips and thinks about the timer, allow that thought to exist, and then kindly dismiss it. You might appreciate keeping your attention on your feet as you take each step, watching each one as it falls. You can also extend your gaze to the horizon as you walk, lengthening your sight, and giving your eyes a break from a short focal distance, like the screen or the book in front of you. Each day, Work your way up by adding one more minute to the walk. By the end of the month, you will have created a 31-minute meditation practice. And if you miss a day, don't add multiple minutes just to make up the time. Simply add one minute more each day that you move. And as you move, you might even tap your hands on your hips on each side of your body in an alternating pattern, bringing another layer of embodiment and present-mindedness to the practice. Before and after you walk, if you want to take this a little further, you can use a journal to write a quick note about how you feel before the walk, then revisit those bodily feelings afterward. Make a note of one place in your body that has discomfort, and afterwards, be sure to make a note of a place in your body that does not have tension or discomfort, even if you have to go as far to the edges as the tip of your ear, or maybe it's even your hair, (laughs) by engaging your bodies without additional noise. We invite ourselves to be present. There are fewer distractions keeping us from our awareness of our body. We start out slow because we are building muscles and we are building a practice and we don't want to exhaust or overwork an area of our whole self. Giving ourselves permission to move slowly and with intention is how we can develop a consistent new practice of bodily awareness, engagement, and helpful embodiment strategies as we heal. Thank you for listening to episode 68 of Restorative Grief. Now, I'll be the first to say that embodiment work is a challenge, but ultimately, it's the way forward for most of us as we find healing. Body work can feel intimidating, out of our reach, especially if you're someone working with chronic illness or an unsafe physical environment. If you are, that is all the more reason to start noticing what is going on in your body in response to these uncomfortable situations and to find strategies to allow yourself to create safety within. Your body is beautiful. Your body is important. Your body is worthy of 
compassion and consideration. No matter what anyone else says, your body matters. Your body is good. If this is your first time listening to Restorative Grief, I'm super proud of you for trying something new because new can feel uneasy and scary, especially when you're facing down a loss. But since you're here, I do hope you found something encouraging to the point that you'll hit subscribe and stick around for a while. Our weekly essays alternate with brilliant interviews from authors, grievers, experts, and average folks like you and me, bringing a little more insight and compassion to the grieving process. If you're interested in extra content, consider becoming a patron of the show or a premium subscriber via Spotify for bonus interviews and a live monthly grief chat. And of course, please leave a shiny five-star review because you know that helps others find the grief support they need here as well. Don't forget, check the show notes for support if you need some backup around embodiment. And we also have all the other restorative grief resources available in the links in the show notes as well. And as always, one last thing. Please remember, the only solution for grief is to do the work of grieving. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.